0: welcome to peter lee's thoughts on fire a journey towards understanding and critical thinking about the fire service and what role we play and leaving it better than we were given it come with me and try to learn something together tonight's episode i'm going to be discussing how important it is to make up your own mind about people let me tell you about a guy named reggie it's not his real name reggie was a fireman in my past department He was on for quite a while. I think he had enough time on to retire. I didn't work with him and i had never been to a fire with him because we were on different shifts. Well, one day, George was showing me the pump panel. For you non-fire types, a pump panel is like mission control on the fire engine. You command all the water valves and appliances from the pump panel. Well, George was showing me around the pump panel and he mentioned how great a fireman Reggie was. Reggie was great, awesome in fact, and I was impressed because compliments like that don't fly around the firehouse very often. If George thought highly of Reggie, well, Reggie must be great. I didn't question it as the story goes, I would just happen to go to a fire with Reggie shortly thereafter. It was an away game, I think I was working a mutual, but let me tell you about Reg. He was a train wreck. Now, this is proby dipshit Lee saying wreck. all right? I'm gonna be graceful with my descriptions. He failed to perform some of the most basic tasks effectively. At times, he didn't seem to comprehend verbal commands, didn't hear radio messages, couldn't manage any of his personal equipment, like simple things, his, his helmet kept falling off. I didn't see what made him so great. And I certainly didn't see awesome. Well, next time I see George, I ask him, what makes you think that Reggie's so great? To which George replied, oh, he picks the best pizza toppings for union meetings. No kidding, not a joke, not an exaggeration. George's exact words. It's important for you to make up your own mind about people. Now when George was saying that Reggie was so great, he wasn't lying. He was telling me his truth. He just had a completely different perspective and set of values than I did. And who the hell was I to judge Reggie so harshly? I mean, when George said great and awesome, he meant one thing and he said one thing, but I understood something completely different. That was me, imprinting my unrealistically high expectations on Reggie and when he didn't reach him, I was deflated. Who knows? Maybe Reggie was just having a bad day. Maybe he was getting divorced. Maybe his dog just died. Maybe he was constipated, I don't know. Maybe he was just an average guy having a really bad day. Maybe I wouldn't have judged him so harshly had I not created those unrealistic expectations. I should mention that I would later go on to find out that George was a department coward. He couldn't be found inside a burning building. It's important for you to make up your own mind about people. Now let me tell you about a guy named John, which is not his real name. I went to several fires with John, and John would make it a habit of making poor choices and poor decisions and even poorer actions. What makes John's story so interesting, though, is how he would cover his mistakes, you see. John's MO was pretty simple. He would make a mistake, like we all do, but then he would look around for another person to blame it on. And often, he would distort the truth to such a degree that it no longer resembled reality, an outright lie and fabrication. This was his way of hiding or deflecting attention away from his mistake. A good defense is a strong offense. One time, he charged the hose line while it was still on my shoulder, and then he blamed me for calling for water over the radio, which was a lie, a complete lie. Another time he called for hydrant water while the supply hose was still bedded on the engine. If the hydrant man had not double checked the supply hose by looking up the street, it would have been a disaster. John made up a lie about how the hydrant man almost screwed up big time had it not been for John's quick thinking to save the day. I witnessed this, the whole thing, and it was an outright lie. Now, for you non-fire folks, charging the 5-inch on the bed, this error is very difficult to recover from. It's one of the most embarrassing things that can happen to an engine company. I've only seen it twice in 15 years, and one of those times, it was my department. Well, rewinding back to before the experiences that I just shared with you, when I was a young dipshit probie, John had pulled me aside and given me the lay of the land. He explained who was to be trusted, who knew their job, and who didn't. And I bought all of it because he made it seem like he was looking out for me and I felt like he was looking out for me. Giving me the heads up, and I was grateful. I would very quickly come to realize that he was an incredible liar. It's important for you to make up your own mind about people. Oh, and that hydrant man, he became one of the most respected firemen on the job by me, right now, to this day. Now let me tell you about a guy named Walter his real name Walter was my shift commander from my previous department one of the best bosses I've ever had ever I'll go to the moon for Walter and so would anybody on my shift why because Walter had his priorities right the mission the men and me that's the name of a really good book too you should go check it out he would never go soft on us he wouldn't let things slide just to get cozy with the men When push came to shove, as it does from time to time, he had a rigid moral compass and there was no doubt that he would do what was right every time. He didn't speak poorly about anybody, no matter what they said about him behind his back. He would never berate you in public. He would hold you to a department standard. And he was a stud athlete, sharp as a tack. He was also a big nerd glasses oddball personality the whole nine but god damn it he had your back when i got hired he had to sit down with me a little get to know you session i suppose and who are you and where are you from and where do you see yourself in five years that whole bit I expressed an interest to him about putting in for urban search and rescue, but most definitely after probation was over, because I didn't want to put the cart in front of the horse. I was concerned about the optics of putting in for a team while being so new on the department. It would make it seem like I had my my priorities backwards. Bullshit, he said. Give me that damn application. Uh, Okay, here you go. And. I retrieved it and he grabbed it out of my hand and before I could protest he walked into the chief's office to get the required signature. I was floored. Walter said to me if it's something you want and it's good for you and it makes you better it's good for the department why the hell wait? The chief would sign it at Walter's insistence and I would go on to be accepted onto New Jersey Task Force 1 Urban Search and Rescue. And to this day, it has been the most incredible group of people I've had the pleasure of being associated with. It has opened up opportunities for my personal growth. I've received top shelf training and I've been able to accomplish leadership development that would have never otherwise been made available to me all under one roof. The deployment experiences alone have given me incredible insight into the role of the American Fire Service in disaster response and recovery. I would have none, none of these things. And I have Walter to thank. Walter, who was the nerd, the guy that was in fire prevention way too long and hadn't seen enough fire to be a shift commander. Walter, the air quotes, good test taker. The guy who never shut up and you could never get a word in. The guy who didn't deserve to be in charge. Walter. Yeah, I'll never take orders from him. Yeah, that's what some of the guys around the firehouse would say about him. My life is better because of Walter. I have a clearer understanding of my capabilities as a professional. And I have a truer personal resolve because of the example that Walter set. I am forever grateful to Walter. It's important for you to make up your own mind about people. So on the subject of talking shit, how much shit do you talk about the people around you? Why? I mean, I do more than my fair share, and I consider it a personal flaw, just like poor hygiene. I'm I'm working on it, all right? Talking shit about other people, though is a strong indicator of personal insecurity and a corollary to a fragile male ego. I'm trying to make a change. I'm working on it. Are you? Which brings me to my call to action. Investigate yourself and your perspective on others. Are you George, completely off base in your personal assessment of others? Are you John, an insecure underperformer that puts more effort into lying than living? Or are you Walter? Well, I think we all have some George and John inside of us, but we could use some more Walter. And P.S. Walter, if you're listening, thank you. I'm not sure if I've ever adequately expressed my sincere appreciation for everything you did for the short period of time that we worked together. So let me ask you, folks, do you have a Walter in your life? Somebody that's made a difference, impacted you in a positive way? Have you thanked them for it? When's the last time you talked to him? Just some food for thought. And speaking of thanks, thank you listeners for taking the time out of your day to have this conversation with me. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it was thought provoking and I hope that maybe you got something to chew on. And until next time, stay low.